The Orange Precision Podcast with Mike Longeway and Justin Smith. All right, um, and welcome to today's episode. I'm uh, personally, I'm very excited about today's episode. Uh, I think uh, this is one I've been most looking forward to this season. And uh, without further ado, uh, we'll we'll introduce our guests, and then we'll we'll dive right in. So over to you, Kaylee. My name is Kaylee Hillborn. I am the mother of a former Orange patient, and I am a patient rep on the Quality of Care Committee with Orange as well. Nice to meet you. Hi, my name is Caleb, and I'm the former patient that of Orange that my mom was talking about. And I'm 13 years old, and I guess you would say 10 years ago I was patient of Orange, but that's it for my intro. That's great. Uh, well, thank you both for joining us today. As I said, this is uh, such an important episode. Um, patients are at the center of everything that we do in healthcare. They're the reason that clinicians often get into the work that they get into. They want to help people, and that's uh, the reason typically that we, we stay in this role as well because, uh, you know, um, looking after people is is something that we uh, that we have chosen to do, and I think it's so important that uh, that we get an opportunity to hear perspective from patients as well. I think often as clinicians, uh, you know, we focus heavily on how we can do better clinically, well, how we can do a skill better, how we can you know uh, uh, you know do the IV better or do the procedure better, whatever that is. Uh, and of course, that all benefits the patient for sure. But I think sometimes uh, the often forgotten about piece of this is the uh, how do we do better. From a from a personal side, and how we do better uh, at caring for people um, in a non sort of technical way. So I'm really excited about this episode. I want to dive right into it. Um, if you could, uh, either of you, uh, start with sort of uh, share whatever you're comfortable sharing with about your story with Orange. So you engaged Orange about a, ten years ago. You said so. Uh, I'll yeah. let you take it from there and, and how you how you came to be with us. Yeah. Do you want me to tell the story? Uh... Sure. Okay. Um, so in August of 2013, uh, Caleb had been sick kind of off and on for a while, and we presented to our local hospital a number of times and kind of been told, you know, it's just a flu, it's just a virus, he'll be okay. Um, and so at that point, I was kind of hesitant to go back um, and kind of go through the same cycle. But um, we had gotten into the car that morning, and we were driving to... Um, a location maybe I less than an hour away. good. He woke up that day feeling great. He'd been sick for a few days, woke up that morning, said he was feeling great. So we get in the car and we started driving and uh, he got very, very sick very quickly. Um, I was pulled over the side of the road, just like, what do I do now? Um, so I drove to the closest hospital and um, my previous experience when I've gone into an emergency room is that you kind of sit around and you wait for a while because they have to triage things based on on needs and such. And uh, he went into the registration room and they looked him over very briefly and he was rushed into the back and all of these people just kind of started um, descending on him and trying to do what they needed to do. He was um, in diabetic ketoacidosis. We did not know that he had diabetes. That was um, that was a shock. Yeah. Was and... not expecting. I am a little bit annoyed with the local hospital because if they had just pricked my finger once, they could have t they could have told if I was diabetic or not, but they never did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was kind of that was definitely a frustration that yeah. no real 
a testing had happened. And then once we learned this, like if some of those simple things had been done, we could have avoided some of these things. Um, so we presented in that hospital and they knew pretty quickly that he was too critical for that hospital to be able to provide the level of care that, that he needed. Um, and they were really struggling to get a line started. And, you know, they're kind of throwing all this, this information at me that I don't understand what's really being said. Um, and then they said, um, Orange is coming. They'll be here within an hour and a half. And I was like, oh, this is really bad. Um, I didn't know a whole lot about Orange at that point, but I knew that if Orange is coming, things aren't great. Um, and I think that, I mean, his story, it's not a traumatic in terms of injury or things, but mm -hmm. a critical care transport was what was needed and Orange was the only option that would be able to provide the level of care that he needed. Um, and so they did everything they could in that hour and a half window to get him stable and ready. Um, and then Orange came in and uh, for me, they brought a bunch of calm to the chaos. It was a very right. different kind of vibe right away. Um, got in that ambulance and uh, got taken to our to our receiving hospital where he continues to be a, to be a patient. Right on. I think I think one of the most interesting uh, sort of parts of that story is you went from being uh, both uh, a, a, a person, a patient, and a mom who went from in the span of what an hour, you went from be, not having diabetes, not knowing that your son had diabetes, being on the side of the road to in an emergency department with a son who's diagnosed with diabetes being airlifted to McMaster, like you went through that continuum of realization in the span of what, what, what amount of time? It was not very long at all. So, um, the hospital was maybe a 15 minute drive from where I was on the side of the road. He was in that back room within minute. Like we walked into that. I went up, handed over the card. He was in there within minutes. And then he was in that back room and Orange was there transporting him within an hour and a half. Um, and he had, he, um, this is one of the things I also really appreciated about our Orange staff when they came in. He um, went by ground. So all I knew about Orange was the helicopters. Um, but they even explained like why the ground transport would make more sense because neither the sending or receiving hospital has a helipad. So you're gonna go by ground to the flight area out of you know this city. Then you're gonna go to a different hospital in that city to go by ground again to get to the pediatric intensive care unit at the receiving hospital. Um, and that was delayed time that wasn't necessary. And so I really appreciated being given some information about like what was happening and why it was happening. Cause like you said, we went from, I think he's just got some sort of a flu bug or food poisoning, or maybe it's, um, I don't know, heat stroke or something. Like I could really explain away all these symptoms. I knew nothing about type one diabetes. Um, all I knew was horror stories about diabetes. And now you're telling me that like this is what a child has. He needs to be in an intensive care unit. Um, and then they told us after how close he was to actually not surviving mm -hmm. um, to like organs starting to, to shut yeah. down and things. And that was a lot to be trying to take in while also just trying to be mom and like, please fix my child, make him okay. Yeah and not having any understanding of, there's a lot of stuff happening. Like I looked stuff up after to be like, what did this word even mean? Like, mm -hmm. I didn't know what an IO was. I saw it happen, but I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, yes, do it. But what is this actually? Mm -hmm. um, and just, yeah, it was, it was, um, the, it was a big shift that day. For sure. Yeah. And afterwards, once I was fully not, not like in, not like dazed, I, 
me, my mom, and my dad were all pretty upset at the original hospital. Mm-hmm. So there might be a little grudge still being held here. Um, you know, I had an opportunity a few years later, we presented at that same hospital that we did not have the best experience at. And I just kind of started asking, um, like, why were these tests not done? And um, I was given an opportunity to provide some feedback based on what they had said. So it was, we don't want to be like invasive, intrusive or traumatic. Mm. And I was like, let me tell you, invasive, intrusive and traumatic was like watching my three-year-old have, you know, the catheter and an oxygen mask yeah. and central line in the neck. And then because they couldn't get an IV because he was too dehydrated, um, the IO that failed, like IVs for days, you know, in a PICU and such, that was intrusive and invasive and traumatic. And so one of my goals um, just as a as a human and as a parent is to see those sort of like just test one drop like if mm. there's any possibility just quick little test and let's rule that out so and that's that's interesting to me so like I, you know i clearly you've you've taken your experience and you've you've um done something i think very positive with it you've joined the orange you've joined orange in a in a you know in, a, in a, an external leadership role to to join as a patient advocate and um so what was the what was the sort of the path for you to get to that why did you decide to join orange's patient advocacy group and um you know is it this isolated experience? Is it other experiences? Or what sort of led you to that to that position? Yeah, I think um, four years after he was diagnosed, I just kind of got into this really like reflective place. And I was like, I really want to thank the people that are responsible for the fact that he's alive. Without, you know, that hospital that we ended up at, recognizing what was happening, the severity of what was happening, without Orange getting that transport and without the receiving hospital, like he wouldn't be alive. It's very like that's very black and white for me. Um, and so I just sent an email off um, to Orange um, to just kind of thank them and kind of share like what had happened in his life since then and how like grateful we are and how um, helpful the support was. And so we kind of established a bit of a rapport there. Um, and then we got invited to come to there was a celebration for I don't know if it was like 40 years or 50 years of air ambulance service or something along those lines. Um, and we went to there where he also got to be reunited with one of the medics that um, was responsible for his transport um, and just kind of started connecting and, and keeping communication open. We got invited to come and film his story. Um, and then from there, kind of randomly, I got a phone call, email, just being like, hey, we have this role and we'd really like you to kind of... Um, be part of this committee. And at that point, it was a patient rep on the medical advisory committee. Mm. Then they kind of shifted um, to the quality of care committee. Um, so there's two of us right now on that. And I believe they've um, brought uh, somebody back for medical advisory committee now too. Yeah. And I just really appreciated um, the opportunity for patient or family member of a patient to be able to provide a little bit of that lived experience piece and kind of it's easy when you're making decisions, you know what's what's best, but then how does that actually impact the the patient or the family member? Um, obviously, he was pretty young and not with it, so he doesn't remember much of it, but sure. had a huge impact on me. And so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of find yeah. a way to, to be connected, and I've been doing that for a few years now. Yeah. sure my time will, will come to an end sometime soon. <laughs> nice. So I think one of the things that we wanted to sort of drill down on a little bit more uh, in this episode specifically is like we talk a lot, uh, or we have talked a lot, um, about, you know, technical things related to medicine. We, you know, we talked about ECLS uh, in one of our episodes. And I think one of the things that we want to focus in on today is is learning a little bit less about, you know, what we did, you know, in technical terms, 
um, but more about how the healthcare system specifically us made you feel yeah. in those moments, right? Yeah. You know, when you arrived to the emergency department at that hospital to when you met our orange crew, like what were some, you know, maybe start with the positives, you know, what were some things that really st stuck out to you that made you feel included in his care, uh, included sort of in the whole thing um, and, and part of the team, so to speak, right? Um, and then maybe sort of expand upon some things that, you know, uh, blind spots that maybe the healthcare system and healthcare clinicians have, right? I know, like, you know, we oftentimes come into in, into scenarios and and you know we talk our clinical jargon and and whatnot, right? And sometimes we forget that that can be off-putting. So maybe maybe help us understand a little bit about that. Sure, and I think even for sort of the things that didn't go great. I can also recognize the human element of being, you know, working in an ER and we're patient number whatever for that day, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I'll make sure to, <laughs> I'll be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> but I think in terms of things that went really well, um, even just the ambulance itself had all these fantastic stickers inside of it. It was a pizza ambulance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was really nice because even though he was kind of in and out of kind of what was happening, like to have those little comforts of seeing things, um, to be able to break things down and really just explain them to me at a very basic level, um, including sort of, like I said before, they explained why we were going by ground ambulance. They explained what the process was going to be once we got to our receiving hospital and kind of walked me through what that was going to look like. Mm -hmm. um, they brought, for me, um, you know, I, everybody doing their best, but bringing some calm to the chaos for me um, and really making sure that in my opinion, making sure that I felt like they knew that he was a, a human and not just another number, another person to kind of move around was really nice. And that was really simple things like um, I have this great picture where the medic is like stroking his head as we're in the ambulance, um, which was very just very sweet and explaining why they were doing things. So why they were poking his finger and checking vitals kind of consistently through our drive. Um, those things are really helpful and not using a bunch of jargon and terminology that I don't understand, because that is one of the things that I would say was not helpful for me in the heat of everything. Um, so that was really helpful. And uh, even like with the receiving hospital, kind of explaining a little bit like, or the sending hospital, sorry, explaining why why he wasn't able to stay at that hospital, why we needed to be transported out and what that process was going to look like. Um, it's kind of intimidating. You're sitting there, they're doing everything. And then this whole other crew comes rolling in and yeah. um, they've got all their stuff ready and we're going from this bed to this bed and we got to get going. And that could be pretty intimidating. So I'd say that they really did a great job of kind of navigating that and explaining and kind of helping walk us through what that process yeah. was going to look like too. Uh, if anything, I'd say probably really the fact that it this was more or less it was more or less the diabetes at that time helping me because I have a fear of needles per se, and since I was dazed in and out, I couldn't I couldn't feel them them going through my skin. And more or less, but I think the fact that when I was fully awake and and saw the nails that did not help to my fear. But it, it was very much. But the stuff that they were doing, I don't have full memory of it because of the days, 
is but it was very helpful everything that they were doing and i'd say that that's probably what i would say for the helpful okay so you still you still see doctors on a pretty regular basis now yeah. eh yeah so um and nurses too and so what are some things that um it, it, that's important to you when you meet a doctor or you meet a nurse what <clears throat> what makes you feel comfortable when you meet them uh i guess by a starting out with if their name and in the little ex, in a little explanation of of the checkup that they're doing mm. doing or or what they're needing to do mm. That's definitely been helpful, hey? Yeah. yeah. It's funny that one of the themes that sort of from I'm hearing that sort of threads between what you're saying is that, and, you know, <clears throat> for me, and I can, as in my, my own experiences as a patient in healthcare too, is is we always just want to know what's going on. what What is going to happen, where we are today, what we are right now rather, and where we're going to go. And I think, you know, having somebody tell them, you know, the basics of, introduction of who I am and what I'm going to be doing is the first step of, of that to your point, Caleb. And I think to your point, Kaylee, like understanding, okay, so we're here today and in the next six hours, this is what you can expect. We're going to, what we're going to see, there's going to be an ambulance. There's going to be a new stretcher. There's going to be a new monitor. There's going to be new pumps. There's going to be whatever those things are. And so you can start to sort of process that journey and frame that journey for yourself. I think that's uh, that's a really important takeaway. I think it's really just making sure that people, beyond the the worry of the medicine, they're worried about the the logistics and the journey that that they're going to be on over the next little while. And you know, people always want to know when they break their leg, how long am I going to be in this cast? Yeah. Right? Uh, trying to understand and anticipate that that path. Because again, you started the day with like you were going to go to school. You were going to go like you had. Yeah, a, we were on our way I to an gonna, event. Right, you're on our way to an event. And, you know, all of a sudden, snap, like everything, life has changed everything's completely. like 180 in the other direction with no idea where that direction is headed. Right. Yeah, so yeah. having people sort of, you know, having been down that road as a clinician, be your sort of guide is helpful. There were some really great um, tidbits that they were able to like share with me um, in kind of those early moments of like, this is something like totally manageable. He's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. You know, there are people with diabetes playing hockey and doing all these things and mm -hmm. da, 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 which was great to kind of hear. And one of the things that I love to this day that happens at, I'd say most of his appointments um, the healthcare providers talk to him about him. They're not just turning to me and acting like he's not there. Yeah. He's the expert in himself. And so that's something I really appreciated is that they take the time to talk to him and work with him and not just through me and me being the kind of, I don't know, middle person. The intermediary, yeah. So really, I think that that's such a helpful thing. And they started doing that at the receiving hospital as soon as he was able to be fully present in conversations. And he was three. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, I think, is a really important piece for me, for, for healthcare providers, is, you know, even if there's multiple people in the room, like, make sure you're also talking to, if the patient is able to be part of the conversation, to keep sure. them in the, the conversation. And I think that's been really helpful for him and kind of been empowering for him to kind of start taking on some of his own mm -hmm. um, care and stuff. Do too. you like that when they talk to you? Yeah. I mean, this is something that I think all doctors, nurses, or basically every 
and should do is is talk to the patient if they aren't dazed or or unconscious or or all of that. If they're able to if they're able to talk, make sure to keep them involved, give them give them little tidbits and once they're if they're if they're able if they're like going off and on from like dazed, is give them tidbits to to make it not feel so s- scary. Mm-hmm. But if they but if they want the like full like full explanation, then I'd I'd ask, are you sure? Because I w- was going to tell because I was going to tell you once you're fully aware, and once you're you've been treated. And if they say yes or no, then then do that. Like, if they say yes, then tell them. If they say no, don't. Um, it's pretty simple. Yeah, pretty simple. <laughs> do you want me to tell you stuff? Yep. Yeah, I'll tell you I'll, stuff. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then um, you know we've sort of touched a little bit on the the pieces around uh, some of the things I think you know we. You know, you, you talked about it, you framed it as holding a grudge, but let's, you know, I mean, I think, I think, you know, we don't forget sometimes the way that people make us feel, right? We, we often say that it's a, like a old adage for children, right? It's not what you did. It's how you made someone feel. And, um, so, you know, uh, without, uh, oh, you said you had some empathy for healthcare workers and of, of yesteryear who, uh, you would wish they had done things differently. And so what are some of those, those pieces you think, um, you wished, you, uh, would have been done differently? Yeah, I wish um, I wish I would have been taken seriously um, any of the earlier times that we had presented instead of kind of being dismissed. And oftentimes I'd be told things like, um, well, you know, you're you're a newer mom, you're a younger mom, like it's OK, you're just anxious and you're just overly worried. And um, well, I understand like where that's kind of coming from. It really wasn't helpful. It was kind of dismissive. And then mm-hmm. it created a barrier when you know, he ended up in such a critical space because it was like, oh, we're just going to be told the same thing over and over again. Like, we don't really need to go to the hospital. I can manage at home. Um, so that was definitely not helpful. Um, yeah. And I think also just um, it's so it, it makes a well-oiled machine when when healthcare workers are working together and they're using all the language that they know. And that's what's important. And that keeps things going. But it can leave the the patient and family member kind of feeling out of the loop a little bit. And so I was kind of talking about that earlier when sharing our story a bit and just I did not know half of what they were talking about. There were so many people that I didn't even know, like, who is my, like, key point of contact here? Yeah. What is happening? What What's going on? Um, I think at least having, like, really good communication is important, especially if that's something that um, – I think those things can really make or break the patient experience yeah. and, and what they're going to hold on to you from that. And I'm not even exaggerating when I say, like, the he would, like, avoid that other hospital and we would drive 45 minutes out of our way to go to a hospital that he had a more positive experience at. Um, and then we ended up by ambulance um, in our that other hospital again. Um to again not have that great of an experience and to yeah. walk out just being like 
you know, so I've appreciated opportunities to be able to provide some feedback, but I don't think that that feedback always um, lands and, and then gets put into practice. So I think if there's more opportunities for um, patient feedback to be taken and maybe some things adjusted yeah. along the way would be fantastic. But I also recognize, and I do want to say, especially in the last couple of years, it is not the same, you know, playing field that it used to be. Right. And I absolutely recognize that. And I also recognize how hard it is to not detach a bit. I mean, if you're doing this day in and day out, especially in a ER setting or a trauma setting and those kinds of things, we're just patient number whatever that day. And you need to kind of just keep going to be able to keep everybody going. Um, so in those situations, like, I don't, I don't take that piece personally at all. I recognize that that's kind of the nature of the beast. But I do think for this particular thing, if um, just a couple little things could have been def- done differently, then we would have had a very different outcome. And um, while we are very grateful to be part of the Orange family and we've had a lot of really cool things come out of this, it would have been great to have never needed that. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is my input on it. Like, if just do, just do, just do the... T- has the first time, like, make sure to rule everything out. Don't just assume, like, oh, it's just the flu. It's just, it's just the cold. Make sure to check. Like, just do the test. Good advice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for people, and for people who aren't doctors or nurses, if anything, if you think that it's just the flu or a cold, old and but you're entirely sure just go and see a doctor go go to like a walking clinic or something do something (laughs) can you remember um one time it didn't have to necessarily have to be uh when you met an orange crew um can you think of one time where uh either a doctor or a nurse or a paramedic made you feel like just really special like, and what, what was that experience like for you? And, um, like, can you describe that a little bit? Do you have a memorable moment where somebody's like, oh, wow, yeah. that like person is just awesome. Yeah. If anything, I'd say probably the doctors and nurses at the hospital I had a better experience with, they, they did so much of a, of a better job, no, and <laughs> other hospital that I did not have a great I'm with, and I'm. I'm just gonna say, this they did such a great, great job of, like, being, being more, leaning more towards, it's keeping me informed and, and keeping, and keeping my mom informed and. I'd say also just just being like when I wasn't these these they asked my mom I'm pretty sure if I wanted a popsicle or something I I forget if it was a popsicle or not yeah and I was fine with it and my mom was fine with it so I got the insulin and then and had a popsicle so it was nice to be treated just like a, yeah. just like a, any other kid on the unit there. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I think, you know, one of the things that uh, is interesting is, you know, a lot of it comes down to, I think, in some cases, it's um, 
comfort with a sick child, right? And ultimately, I think there's an exposure element here where, um, you know, the, the place where you you describe here is a is a tertiary care pediatric hospital where they they deal with you know, sick children all the time. And there's a comfort there. There's a, there's a familiarity there. There's the resources that are needed to provide, you know, the care uh, that you needed. And so, um, you know, I think sometimes we take for granted that, uh, you know, that's the bar that's expected. It's, it is the bar that we, we want to aspire to, I think, in every, every place. But, I, you know, we have to recognize, I think, sometimes the, the regional differences of, of the facilities and the resources and, and the, the, the exposure they have to just a sick kid. And I think, you know, we, we as healthcare workers are always trying to do our best. And I think everybody comes to work every day with the best intention to provide the best care they can to their, to their patients and, and to the people. And, um, and that includes how they make people feel. But it's it's fascinating to hear how little things can make such a big difference. And I think we know that intuitively. We know that, but it's it's difficult, as you point out, in a in a busy day, in a busy in a busy shift. How 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 you can just you, know, you gotta take the second to remember the the little the you know the the that the thing you know the piece about communicating well about about. Uh, decoding the acronym soup that we live in as a as a world in healthcare and um, to give a kid a popsicle right these are things that I think are super important right and um, um, so <clears throat> as you sort of come to the end of this I I um, I, I think my, my my one question is really sort of what's the what's the takeaway what you know you you've now been you've had this role that you've had as, as a, a patient um, advocate with us as Orange. You've seen the administrative side of a, of a healthcare organization. You've you've continued to live those experiences as a mother, um, and uh, and you continue to live those experiences as a patient. What's the what's the takeaway? What's the take home message for us here? Uh, if anything, I'd say if you're a doctor or a nurse, do the just do do the test for your patient, and if you're a patient, just go to. Just go to the hospital if you think it's if, if you think it's not a big deal. Just be sure to check, okay? That's his message. <laughs> I think one of the things that I would want anybody working in healthcare to kind of walk away from, kind of thinking about, is just the value of pausing for a second and kind of having that that empathy of putting yourself in that other person's shoes for a quick second and just breaking it down and making it really simple and just kind of being being present for that moment and just give the information in a way that makes sense. Um, it makes sense for the healthcare worker, absolutely. But, um, you know, as a patient or the patient family member trying to support, you know, your family member to be able to have an understanding of what's actually happening um, and maybe just feel a little comforted and seen in all of that chaos that's happening could be really meaningful. Nice. What a great place to end. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, well, thank you so much, Kaylee and Caleb, for joining us. Um, this has been another episode of the Orange Precision Podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. You've been listening to the Orange Precision Podcast, a production of Orange, the provider of air ambulance and critical care transport services for the province of Ontario.